The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. And welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Hey, dude, happy fall. It's fall. Did you notice it was 43 this morning? Oh, for you, yeah, it's 50s for us. But, yeah, it's definitely been a chill. I was at a baseball game the other night and uh, didn't have a jacket. And it was a night game. Oh. I was like, oh, it's cold. But, it uh, really got – it's like they flipped a switch, right? It went from, like, nice to, wow, cold. They're going to flip it back, though. It's going to be 80s this weekend. It's going to be really nice. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about that. Hooray. So, but I'm I'm actually I like fall. I really do. I love it. I love the leaves changing. I love the pumpkin. I love pumpkin spice coffee. I love everything about that stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, Melissa bought these. Uh, this is from Whole Foods. Like they're Whole Foods brand, like pumpkin spice flavored like Oreo Oreo style cookies. They were really good. It wasn't orange. Oh or, it wasn't orange gosh. or anything either. It was it was their white cream, but it was uh yeah they were really good. They sound delish. They, la- I mean, they lasted oh like gosh. an hour in the house. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, I was going to say they didn't last long. You all moved in now? Everything's good? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was getting ready to do the show with you that, um, you know, life goes on. You're just, uh, you know, just settling in. The only person who's uh, once in a while is, is sad is Talia. She's like, I miss the old house and I miss my old school. And uh, but, but she's, I don't know, she'll be all right. Yeah, that's for sure. It's nice. I though. mean, yeah, we we're we're happy. We're good. You're good because you got a. It's a big yard now, right? Well, compared to no yard, yeah, it's good. Yeah, we haven't really taken advantage yet. I got to cut the grass too. I've been lazy already. Oh my morning. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been in the house a week. I haven't cut the grass. Oh man, and it's not a super big yard, right? Is it fenced no. in though? Uh, sorta, not completely, okay. but good enough. Oh, that's awesome. Are you going to get a puppy? No, no dogs. No dogs. No, I, I have a baby. I don't need a puppy. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I got to tell you about today's guest because she'll help us out. Good. Elizabeth Pearson is a professional coach, believe it or not, spiritual seeker, writer, mom, and wife who specializes in getting women and people unstuck so that they can achieve their highest goals. She's been seen in Forbes, Parents, Fox, Yahoo News, um, or Yahoo Finance, I'm sorry iHeartRadio, on the CW, so many places. Elizabeth helps women navigate massive career changes, thriving in male-dominated fields. I mean, she helps with entrepreneurship, becoming an author, believe it or not, cross-country relocation, getting back into their industry after childbirth and motherhood. It's with great pleasure and interest because I said to her, all right, I got some issues. One Tough Mother's got some issues and you got to help me out with them that we welcome to the show, Elizabeth Pearson. Hi, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I'm, hopefully I can share a little bit of wisdom and some best practices from many of the clients that I've coached and have managed to completely change their lives. Well, we cannot wait, but girlfriend, you have to tell us first. How'd you get started with this? Where are you coming from? What's the vibe? Yeah. So my, if like, if we're looking just career wise, um, in the past I did corporate sales. So I worked with some brands like vitamin water and pirate's booty, that wonderful little snack. 
and came in when they were relatively small, um, was part of the core team that built those up and then got sold to these big companies like Coca-Cola. And then I stayed on and managed their portfolio for a few years in some of their large national accounts. So I was the chick uh, at the airport every Monday with a coffee, uh, maybe not every Monday, but most Mondays, getting on a plane to go somewhere to have some big high meeting with some buyer, you know, uh, feeling really proud of myself and feeling like I had been able to climb the ladder and at least in that industry was very male dominated. And then I had a wonderful spiritual awakening at a wellness retreat right after my seven-year-old daughter was born. And I really started to question everything. Um, why am I doing this, right? We have enough money. I don't really feel fulfilled by what I'm doing. I love the people I'm working with, but at the end of the day, I just had that moment of, is this it? is this all there is? This is just what I'm going to do forever, which I know every one of your listeners, and I'm sure you have had at the same time. And so that was when I really started exploring what is it that I do want? Um, because I never allowed myself the space to even think about that before. It was go through the motions, get a job, make more money, get the promotion, have the kids, buy the house. And at some point, you know, uh, it, it all kind of comes to a head. I wasn't unhappy. I was just starting to get really bored and unfulfilled. And you know, then I had another kid. I thought maybe the second kid will make me feel more fulfilled. Uh, nope, I love my daughters, but they are not my reason for living. And so I started really becoming a student of some of the, the greats, the thought leaders, the Deepak Chopras, the Michael Singers, Eckhart Tolle, uh -huh. all of these wonderful visionaries. And then, um, I went back to the retreat and had an intuitive tell me that, you know, my calling was to be a coach of which I completely laughed at. And I was like, yeah, right. Like everybody can just call themselves a coach. I just totally disregarded it. And that feeling kept coming uh, over and over again. And then I actually started to coach. I got my um, certification and I thought, I'll just do this on the side. And then before you know it, it became something that, I felt more aligned to than my sales jobs. I so. can't even believe it. I, you know what, Elizabeth, I have to say this. So they, so your publicist, your agent calls me and they're like, hey, you know, this woman's great. You can have her on the show, blah, 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 blah. The words out of my mouth were this. Everybody's a damn coach. <laughs> right. Everybody's a coach. Because guess what? You can coach anybody through life. Like your mother coached you through life. And this person coaches. Like right. everybody's a coach. Until... I really went to your website, listened to, yeah. read some of your articles. Very kind. And really what I what I enjoyed most was was your Instagram because you you went from a chick that says she knows it all to a chick that's really cool. Because you really yeah. <laughs> you put it out there, you're all you're all in, you're all good to go. And I was I'm really impressed by it because your life story has been the life story of a billion women that I've spoken to, including my own, we all thought that when we got to the level where we were making the big six figures and taking planes to LA, Chicago, Miami, and working with some of the biggest people in the world, everything was going to be just all hunky-dory and great. And guess what? We all went, uh. Right. Is this, is this it? <laughs> this is it? What, this what am is, I missing this here? Is the, yeah, this is the shit I got up for every single day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think more people have those moments than they admit because 
the sad thing is, is that I think a lot of times, especially now, right, with Instagram and all of that, everything is just so washed and the image that's put out there is so frequently not what the reality is. I had girlfriends who had beautiful Instagrams of apple picking with their husbands and their kids. And then I talk to them and they're miserable and they don't know how to get out of it and they don't like their job and all of this. So I think there has been a wonderful change um, out there right now where we are trying to be more authentic and embrace and support each other, especially women and say, you know what, it's okay to have everything, quote unquote, everything everybody wants and still not be happy with it. It doesn't make you ungrateful. It doesn't make you entitled. Everybody is different. Everybody has a set of standards for their life. And even though from the outside, my life looked great and I, I actually do still passionately love my husband and all of that, it still wasn't good enough. And nobody understood that. We, it was like, why would you leave Chicago? You're in this beautiful home. And I'm like, because I want to live in California someday. And, and that sounded insane. It sounds people, right? insane. And people look at you like you've got, I mean, honestly, walking away from what I walked away from three and a half, almost, almost actually four years now, it was a financial suicide because I had no one else. It was just right. me. And B, people thought they needed, I needed an intervention. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Are you kidding me? Um, right. I mean, it, it was a very, it was really just like, they were really concerned for my like mental health. Oh yeah. And isn't that great? The well-meaning yeah. family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, like, and they have, all. everybody has a great, you know, like, okay. Um, why don't you just try it for another six months and see if it's okay. <laughs> Right. Give yourself. Well, it wasn't an okay for the last four years. And I just didn't tell anybody. Right. Absolutely. Because by the time you get to the point where you are starting to open up, you're usually at a place where you're seeking some sort of support from somebody to tell you, to reassure you that you're making the right decision to walk away from whatever it is. And I think, you know, I kind of think that the people that say, oh, just keep doing it or whatever. It, it's something inside of them as well has been probably nudging them in a direction, but they didn't listen to it. So when they hear somebody else listening to it, it I think it ignites something in them. It, it kind of shines a light on maybe a dream that they had that they bailed on, you know, right. or maybe something that they're really in resistance to, something that they know they should be doing. They're seeing 11 11s everywhere, right? Wake up, wake up, wake up. And they're not they're still not doing it. It's just right. this total, you know, I'm going to ignore this and it will go away. I'll ignore it for six more months and it'll go away. Right. But we all know that doesn't tend to happen. It will usually manifest in some sort of toxic habits, like more housewives, more wine, more online shopping, a new car, some sort of distraction that might make you feel good for a little bit, but you're in the same cul-de-sac a couple of months later. Yeah, it's so true because those those little things you just mentioned are all instant hits, instant hits of um, gratitude, you know, okay, it, it's an instant feel good and then it goes away in a few days. And I find that, you know, some of the most successful women in the world that I've been so privileged to interview will say stuff like, you know, I hit my late 40s and I was like, what the hell? This is yeah. it? This right. is it? 
And you're like, what, why did be, why all of a sudden is, is our generation so discontent with, we're not getting the gold watch. Um, you know, we're not, we're just not happy waiting it out anymore. And so many of us are turning our backs and walking. I think I love what you just said and I couldn't agree more. And and from my experience with myself, but clients as well, is that I think my theory is that when we get to an age where we are making the money and we do kind of have the comforts that we always strive to have, we begin to kind of come out of this survival mindset. And when you're not in a survival mindset, always focused on, you know, paying rent or your mortgage or having that kid, maybe the kids get a little bit older, you know, you're not wiping butts anymore, they can feed themselves. Then you kind of have this moment to step back and say, huh, you know, when you're not in survival mode anymore, then you can sit back and evaluate what's going on here, right? And when you're not so distracted anymore, you can actually create that space to examine what your values are. And if throughout time, you've lowered the bar. So that's what I always ask clients. Like, what would your 22-year-old self want to be doing? Would she be bummed at where you are today? Like, what it, what happened where we lowered our standards where, you know, just going through the motions was now okay? Yeah, and it's so society, I mean, it's so society-driven. It's so society-driven. Because there are people, I mean, there's people that, people I love that are working in factories doing the same job day in and day out, going to a factory, going to a factory. And to be completely honest with you, I would feel guilty that I was doing so much more and try to like downplay what I was doing. So wouldn't <laughs> like they had, they were had worthless jobs, but the reality is everybody had the same opportunities, maybe yeah. not given in the same way, but you always have an opportunity to move forward somehow, some yeah. way. Absolutely. And Agreed. it's no guts, no glory. And does it always work out? Absolutely not. But you have to go for it. You have to try, right? Yeah. And what's the worst case scenario? I mean, I think kind of facing the dragon is one of the most important things that, um, that I do with clients, but that your listeners can do too. If you ask yourself, if you can kind of see your opportunities through the lens of, what's the downside, right? And sometimes there are real risks. There, there is a real true downside, but most of the time there isn't, right? <clears throat> you will always get some sort of learning experience out of it. Right, right. And failure, people are so terrified of failure, but they don't realize not trying is failure already. You've already 100%. failed when you haven't tried. It's already been a failure because you didn't give it a shot. And I think failing in the face of friends and family and society is a lot braver than just walking away. 100%. Sorry, I had a little cough there. That's okay. I think it's Brene Brown who says like, at least be in the arena, right? Like at least put yourself out there because I think the other thing about life is, are you going to go through it playing it safe, being in your comfort zone? Or are you going to look at it and say, I really want to minimize the propensity for regret on my deathbed. And right. that is what Jeff Bezos says, right? And I, I love that. And I've kind of taken that with me, but am I possibly going to regret not doing this someday? Right. And if the answer is yes, then you must do it. 
Right. Even if you fail, will right. you regret it? I think what's happened, and, and you know this, this is your industry. This is you. I'm just going to give you what my opinion is, but mm -hmm. this is your knowledge that I'm going to draw from. Women that have already raised their children are in the process of having older children that are maybe divorced, that, that are looking, that have had great careers or crappy careers, whatever the cases may be. They get to a point where they're like, I'm coming to a certain point in my life where I need to make this big decision. Like, do I go for it or not? Um, if it does absolutely, it does absolutely teeter on your financial, your, whether you're financially stable or not, it absolutely does. However, I think so many women, once they've raised their family or, or, or their families get their kids are in their teens and they don't need them as much anymore, you feel like you need so much more. You want more. I, I hope that's true. Elizabeth? Yep, sorry, I was muted. I, I totally agree. And I think that so often people, when you, when you do kind of go through life like that, you put this unfair pressure on your children and your spouse and your family to be that thing that fills you up, right? right. So, and then when they leave or the kids go to school or you've put it all into that one job and maybe you get laid off, right? I've had women who were freaking rock stars and they made a move to like a startup and the person who was running it, I don't want to bash millennials, but it could have been like a millennial who thought they knew more, kind of just cast them aside. And they come to me and they're like, everything that I thought I knew is totally gone, right? Because I was the expert. And it's like, okay, well, great. So let's just start your own business. And they look at me like I'm nuts. And then six months later, they have a multiple six-figure business. Like it's, I think it's to your point. Yes, don't do anything crazy. But at some point, you have to double down on yourself. You can't live for your children or your spouse or your existing job. There has to be something that is just for you. But I don't think many women think they're entitled to that. We live in this wonderful sphere of obligation, right? And living to serve others or to help others or things like that. And that's great, but you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So right. you got to find something that is for you and let everybody else live their lives. Yeah. It's focus so, on you. So, so true. And I see a lot of women in their forties and fifties, myself included, like all of a sudden the companies that are, that are really hot and really making their mark and, and everything like you say, they're, 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 they're shunning. We have worlds of experience, but yeah. we're not young anymore. So we're not the young generation. So we find it, that it's difficult to get back in the game. What happens then? What happens when you can't get back in the game? I think you can always get back in the game. I think you just got to find the right partner, the right company, or there has to be something that aligns with your values. And I think a lot of times women don't play to their strengths. So for me, I strategically got out of beverage and snack sales and all of that stuff and went to health and beauty because I knew being a woman in the cosmetics and health and beauty industry was actually an asset. And there aren't a whole lot of career paths where being a woman is really head and shoulders above, you know, an asset. So I think you can always pivot. I, I, I think, you know, if you feel pigeonholed, that's just what's going on between your ears. 
you need to tell yourself a different story. There's other things that you can do as far as completely recrafting your personal brand on LinkedIn or your website or your resume so that you do really highlight your transferable skills to do something else. There's, I work with women like this every day. They've done, they, some have even worked for like the same university or the same company for like 20 years. And like, I can't go anywhere else. And I'm like, well, if you think that, then yeah, you won't be able to. But there's plenty of good stuff here in your experience that could absolutely suit a different profession or some sort of linear position um, with a different company. But if we keep telling ourselves that we can't make those leaps, it's never, I mean, we're just not going to be able to happen. You'll, you'll quit before you even start. So, so the real, the real thing this comes down to is belief in yourself, right? Always, right? I know you believe that too. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to what you believe your abilities are and, and the story that you, you play over and over and over in your head. And let's be completely honest. All of us do it. I mean, holy hell, when I did what I did, I was like, I, I am, this is financial suicide. I am going to take, it's going to take years to really get this going. And um, uh, maybe everybody's right. Maybe I am nuts because you begin to listen to the people you love and trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they like, they like you as they knew you before. Right. So when I was telling everybody I wanted to start a business and write a book and now I've started another business and another book and all of this stuff, they knew Elizabeth as I was before, right? The Elizabeth who sold stuff, the Elizabeth who, you know, went out for wine with them every Friday night and was there. Not the one who walked away from all of that, picked up, moved across the country and is, I don't want to say I'm a completely different person, but I've evolved. I feel like if somebody asks you what's going on and there's nothing going on, a same old, same old, you got a problem. Something's, you know what I mean? You're missing it. You're missing opportunities if it's the same old. I love it when I call friends and it's like, oh my God, you'll never believe what happened. This and this and this and this and this, right? To me, that signals that they're living. They're actually having experiences that they manifested in this body to have. Right. But if you're just going through the motions, it's time to have some self-reflection and see what would make you feel excited and curious and passionate again. And you don't have to go balls to the wall. You don't have to go right. all in the first time, right? You can start right. dabbling while you're working. You can figure out little things to do. You know, there's always, there's always, if you really want it, there's ways to make it happen, right? Right. A hundred percent. And it's like, um, I read this really amazing book, Essentialism, but also Brendan Bouchard has a wonderful book out, um, High Performing Habits. And he's genius in it. And he talks about how it's the little wins, right? And so I work with clients and I'm like, we need to change your LinkedIn. We need to craft it. And then they, they let procrastination, which is just another form of resistance come in. And they're like, oh, I didn't get to it this week. And I'm like, this is the baby step though to get you to the thing that we've identified as your goal, right? So like one wanted to manifest a job in England. I'm like, so changing your LinkedIn headline is the first step to getting to England, right? Like there's all, but I think people, they discount the initial steps to your point. You don't have to burn the ships and just decide, you know, one day you're going to completely change everything, but you do have to make 
some sort of declaration to yourself, to the universe, to your friends by taking these baby steps. And they will then become part of your routine. This will be a new habit and it will put you on the path, which before you know it, will start progressing very quickly if you keep at it. Right. I, I believe that 100%. And, and to your point of evolving, I've said this in many, many times that I've spoken publicly. I've said every level of your life, I mean, demands, demands a different you. I'm not the same person I was at, at 20. I'm not the same person I was at 30, at 40 at 50 and everywhere in between. Because every experience you have should lend to something new in your personality, should lead you to a new awakening in your own mind and heart, Mm -hmm. whether it be good or bad. But you need to learn from these experiences, learn from meeting other people and hearing their experiences, correct? Absolutely. And I think too, you brought up such a great point. Um, Not only are you evolving, but your network and the people that the man like the universe manifests into your life. I think, you know, we're not just kind of out here, particles of dust bouncing off and, you know, hitting each other and things like this. I think that people come into your awareness and into your field for a reason. So if you can, no matter how insignificant it may seem, right. Somebody you're sitting to next to you on a plane. I always tell my clients, I'm like always talk to the people next to you, especially if you're in your first, if you're in first class, but you have no idea who these people are. Right. But I think it's maybe I'll sound too hippie ish, but I think everything is a miracle like that. So somebody is being put next to you for hours with nothing to do, but to potentially talk to you and to connect, you never know where your next idea is going to come from your next great networking opportunity all of that. So not only are you ever evolving, but the people, your family members, your friends are always evolving as well and making new connections because you never know where they are at their stage in their life and how they may carry a message to you that you needed to hear or help in some way facilitate you getting to your goals. So true. So true. And, and, and I, I'll be the, as, as, um, open and honest and and forward as I am about my own life, I am the worst networker. Like I can talk to anybody in any airport. I can talk to anybody in any grocery store. I can talk to you if you are walking around the park with your dog and I'm walking with my dog. However, if I go to a networking event where it's a bunch of people in a room with name tags, this is, hi, I'm Bob. Ask me about whatever. I suck. Because you know why? I feel like this is so forced and stupid. I don't feel like, hi, I'm Karen. This is what I do. What is it going? It just, it just feels so wrong to me for some reason. And yeah. I've tried to analyze this a million times in my mind. Like, what? You have spoken to so many people in your world and, and outside your world. What is wrong with you? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I do think you're right. I mean, there is kind of this vibe of inauthenticity to those networking events. And I'm not going to say that I go to them either because I really don't. I wouldn't be in resistance to going to one, but at the same time, I wouldn't like seek it out so much. I think it can be just as impactful to just talk to people that, you know, kind of come into your life, right? Like it may seem silly, but like people at the the people at the grocery store, people, you know, at your, whoever's in your orange theory class or, you know, whatever. Like I would always just say, stop and talk to somebody. If you have a dog and your dogs want to play for a minute, stop and talk to the other owner, right? Like 
make connections with people, know your neighbors, things like that. Because I feel like those are the people that you might not necessarily think could be, you know, helpful to you. And they are. And most of the time, those are the ones who authentically want to help you versus going to a networking event where everybody's just collecting business cards thinking, how can this person help me? And, and it's so true because I think about when I'm at these networking events, everybody's hoping to get it in on somebody. Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's like, I'm supposed to be getting it in on you. You're supposed to be getting it in on me. Like, it's so much more beneficial to, to speak to people that either in your industry, not in your industry, just people in random. Like I love speak. I love speaking to old people because I love listening to their, their life worn stories or I love speaking to children because they have the most bizarre things to say and they see the world so much more innocent. And I think that all those things are little lessons that you learn from people. And I think it takes you further in your own life and your own career. 100%. No, you nailed it for sure. So I, I, we got to go into some hacks before I, I want to get some hacks. Great. Give me a few. Okay. You're in your fifties. Kids are grown. You mm-hmm. just got a divorce. You found out the, the old geezers was doing something behind your back. Yeah. Okay. Kids are out of college. They're off on their own doing their gig, whatever it can be. You decide, all right, I want something new. I want something exciting. I want to find what the hell I was put on this earth to do. Yeah. Where do you start? Well, you may or may not like it, but I think that it starts with creating a space for your intuition to come through to you. So anytime you're looking for answers in something, I always, it's a non-negotiable for my clients. We have to have some sort of meditation practice. Um, And almost every great spiritual leader will tell you that. Also, people who are really high achievers, uh, that is a common thread between all of them they all create a space for their inner being to guide them. So it's my belief that you're probably even less than 50% of your energy and physical form. Say you've got this other 50%, you know, this, this side, this girl who's walking side by side with you all the time, she's got all of the answers. She is this universal energy piece of you. And she's tapping you on the shoulder, trying to get your attention all the time. And she's saying, let's go this way. Let's go this way. This sounds fun. And we ignore her because just because we can't see her, we think, oh, it's just me. It's just me alone. Some people may call this thing God or your spirit or whatever, but I think it's just an extension of you. I don't think that there's uh, any sort of separation between you and this universal vibrational energy, right? So when we create a space to be quiet and be in a receiving mode, if you set the intention to receive, you can sit down and say, what am I supposed to do next? That can be your mantra over and over and over again. Set your phone for 10 minutes, give yourself time. You can even have some wonderful spa music playing in some headphones and your earbuds, but create a space for it to come through because you can hire a coach, you can do whatever. I can't look at you and say, you know what? Your purpose is to go do this. It's nobody, and if somebody tells you they can tell you your purpose, they're full of shit. You know it yourself, but we've been ignoring that part of ourselves that's been trying to guide us for a very long time. So it might not be like a shortcut. I think it's a shortcut, but if you just create a, some sort of meditation routine and make it something you can implement daily. 
So set the bar low for it. Give yourself five minutes. Five minutes will feel so amazing. You'll want to do 10 the next day. And then you'll want to get all the way up to 20, maybe even an hour. I do an hour every day. I have to find time to do it because that's when all of the great ideas come. So that would be the very first step. If you're just starting out and you've just kind of decided you want a total life transformation or you want to figure it out, whatever it is, you have to be still and quiet and listen. Does it, and it doesn't have to be all woo-woo, right? It doesn't Not have to, to sit in a sunny area and sit with a white veil on your head and have, <laughs> low, you know, have butterflies flying around you. You can be sitting in your basement. You can be sitting in your car. You can be anywhere. Oh, 100%. I, when I was in Chicago, my basement was my favorite place to meditate because it was dark and it was cool. But I also, you know, a lot of people say you have to sit, you know, cross-legged and all this stuff. Right now, I lay in my bed. I put a pillow under each arm. I put a pillow under my knees. I get so super comfy. And if my body wants to sleep a little, I let it. It's all about coming from a non-resistant place. If your body needs to fall asleep, then fine. It needs to fall asleep. Because at the same time, you're flipping that switch off for your brain. Your brain gets to take a break and be a receiver. So to your point, do it wherever you're the most comfortable. If you sit, you know, or you don't have to be like some hardcore Buddhist here. You don't have to like sit in some uncomfortable chair. If you sit and your back starts to hurt or your neck starts to hurt, lay down. I'm a big fan of laying down. I love to meditate, especially on the weekends, and then schedule a nap after it. And I just doze off and it's heaven. Wow. That's, that's great, great advice. Great advice. And for, for young women or, or let's even older women trying to make a career change, it's scary, right? But you've right. got to give it a shot. Right. And the thing is too, it's like, if you don't believe in yourself, if you're not drinking your own Kool-Aid, nobody ever will. It's like a sale. It's like the first rule of sales, right? If you don't really like the product you're selling, you will be a terrible salesperson. People can smell it from a mile away. So if you feel unconfident about where you're going or the next job you want or something, you should really take the time to get to a place where you do feel like you're standing in your power and you feel confident, then go after what you want. Because if you go into it not feeling strong, and always kind of like being filled with imposter syndrome or self-doubt, yeah, you will not get that job. You will try and try and try, and you will be slapped down every single time. Right, right. And like you said, like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to just like walk away from your career and just say, that's it, I'm done, and start all over again. You could, you could take baby steps into doing this because moving forward is moving forward, period. Absolutely, 100%. And you, it, and you don't really have to tell everybody, right? Elizabeth, I mean, you don't have to go out and tell every single soul because a lot of times that creates resistance. Right. They will, yeah, it can definitely, um, especially if you're kind of like in that, the, like the, the, the stage of your idea is just this little seed. You don't need to put it out, you know, in the middle of a tornado, right? Which could be these other people. It's going to be highly likely that some somebody comes along and kind of crushes your little seed under their boot because they've got their own shit going on. So it feels good to knock your dreams down. Right. Even if they're like somebody great, like a close family member, they do it unconsciously. They don't even know that they're doing it. So we don't even blame them for it. I would say, yes, you don't need to 
you know, alert the media that you're doing this, I think, but I do feel strongly that you should share it with people you trust and people that you know that will support you because the more you talk about it, the more it becomes real. It becomes real in your mind. It becomes real in your subconscious. And whether you know it or not, people will start to see you as an expert on that, right? right? Whatever it is you want to do. So yes, don't tell it to people that could be frenemies or people that make you feel a little not great. Like your, your body will tell you, your gut will tell you, I shouldn't share that with her. But this best friend that I have that really knows me and has always been a champion for me would love to hear this. Let me tell her. Right. Yeah. Like, don't blast it out on Facebook. And, and, you know, I have really, um, and I've had Jennifer on Jennifer Dolsky from Facebook. I've had wonderful people on and, and Facebook's a tool for a lot of people. I'm not a big fan of it because I feel like everybody has to tell you, tell their entire life on Facebook and have other people comment, which just makes yeah. people's head swim and their minds go crazy. So you don't have to blast every stinking thing out on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's really kind of setting yourself up to have some haters put in their two cents, which is just not productive. You don't need it. Yeah. It's hard enough when you're starting something out and you're really trying to find what you want to do and really trying to follow your own vibe and have, um, aunt Susie, in with, well, honey, you've got benefits at your job and you know, we're, worry about those benefits. Oh God. Isn't that so funny how so many people say, go to, go to your job so that you can have security, which is just an illusion anyway, but go to your job so you can get financial means. So then, and then I say, well, what does financial means mean? Oh, well, that means I have freedom. And I'm like, okay, but then you're going to the job that you hate. So you're going to your job that you hate to have freedom, but then you're stuck at your job. Like it's hilarious. It's this, you're just circling the wagons here, right? So yes. it's, it's all an illusion. You don't have any freedom if you are going to a job that you don't like. Right, 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 right. And people be like, well, you got to understand I'm 48 years old and, um, you know, they're just not. Well, then you better just give up now, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> I tell people. Like, yeah, just give up. Like, oh, just give up up, now, then lay down. Death is coming. Just stay there. Give up now. Uh huh. It's hilarious. It's like, well, what are the alternatives? Right. White knowledge for the next 10 years, and then what? You know? Exactly. And I love when you said it's all an illusion because it is all an illusion. I've known people, men and women, have been extremely successful in their career and had the rug pulled out of out from under them at 60 years old. And they're yeah. like, what? Yeah. But for 40 some years, I did this. I did everything right. 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 They, right. Because they think, right, it's this illusion that you have any control. And it's, it's like if you decide to go skydiving and then the whole way down, you're trying to grab stuff. You got to let go, man. Like, you taking the energy to try to grab stuff to hold on and be attached to, whether it's your job, your partner, your kids, your house, your money. If you spend your whole life trying to grasp at that stuff to feel like you have control, you are missing it. You are missing the whole reason you manifested here, which was to go have these experiences and enjoy them. Right, 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 right. Oh, this is, I mean... I can't thank you enough because it's a, it's a, you're an amazing, you've got it, you've got it nailed. I mean, you've understand 
from both sides, I think, how, how it feels. And you did it. What the hell? So, I know. I did. And, and the thing is, is that I am nobody special. Everybody can do it. And sometimes you just need to find the right people to align yourself with. Sometimes you need to make a financial investment in yourself, you know, to the point, like there's so many coaches out there. There are a few that are totally, um, not certified, not credible, but there are so many other ones that really are fantastic and have helped people with transformation. So I am always going to be an advocate for people to get outside support. Sometimes you need somebody with a fresh set of eyes. I always tell clients too, it's like you're swimming in a lake. There's all of this stuff around you. You can't quite see it. You just need somebody in a boat that's above it that can say, Hey, over, swim this way over here, over here. You know what I mean? Right. Because when you're in it, in that shit, whether it's motherhood, whether it's whatever financial stress job, you can't see. So you just need somebody to come in and be your eyes for a little bit until you can get your head above water so that you can see the bounty of things that are out there for you. I, I believe that too, because I think today's 40, 50 year old women are on the cusp, the cusp of walking away from what we were raised traditionally to be, which was mothers and working and okay, Sally, go off to the factory, have a good day. And guys, <laughs> right. I came home and I made everybody's dinner and everybody's happy. Hungry dinner. We're on the cusp of saying, screw that. I didn't want to do that. You guys made me do that by the way you instilled upon me and raised me and, and the and industry and life and advertising and everything else pressured me. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And it's hard to walk away from that but yeah. I think it's time. It, and right. What's the downside? So much of it is tied to your ego. Like that whole, all the times I was going and getting on those planes and doing that stuff, it was filling my ego. It wasn't filling my soul. Right. So if you look at what the real downside is, most of the time it's because you're in a fear-based mindset or it's going to hit your ego on some level. You're and if it's either one of those things, then you got to just throw it to the side and keep it, keep it pushing, keep moving forward. Well, Elizabeth Pearson, thank you. You're amazing. Thanks for having me. Please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can go to my website at elizabethpearson.com, uh, P-E-A-R-S-O-N. It's, it's really funny. I've seen some unique spellings for Pearson. Uh, so I always have to spell it now, but go there. There's content there. I do videos and stuff like that and blog and all that great stuff. So just great content to share. And, and yeah, and you actually have, you have amazing things on your website, like you, you your little, um, your articles, some videos, amazing things this is a great website. Thank you so much. I love yours as well. Oh, thank you. And your social media is? It's Coach Elizabeth Pearson. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you so much, my new friend. Thank I appreciate you. the conversation. I appreciate your time. I do as well. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great, great day. Great. You too. Thank you. And we'll be right back. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back. And we've actually added a little bit to this. We're going to call this Headaches, Headlines, and Health Hacks. What do you got for me, Seth? That's a lot. Of, that's alliteration at its finest. My favorite. It is. Headlines, Headaches, and Health Hacks. Hallelujah. Okay. Can we add that to the end? Hallelujah? Yes, we will. Sweet. Add that to the end. Awesome. 
Are two are tattoos a bad career move? Uh oh, Karen. Yeah, I know, right? A study suggests your colleagues with ink may be more likely to act on impulse and make reckless decisions. The McMaster University study looked into individuals who would want to affix a visible stigma given some employers' bias against body art. From an economic perspective, the decision to have a tattoo is puzzling. Uh, economist and lead researcher Bradley Ruffle told the Times, what? Uh, really? What? This is still going on? Like, I yeah. Know. I, don't know. I feel like careers and, and workplaces and everything has changed. I don't think people look at that. You know, maybe like that rapper who's on this on trial. What's his name? Tech Nine. I don't know. He's got ta- yeah. tattoos like inside of his body. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Michael Tyson, where your face is all like, yeah, okay. Nobody calls him Michael. It's just Mike. Okay, but um, I don't know. You know, I, I think you got to judge people for who they are, not what they look like. Right. Right. Yeah. And ta- it's like I don't know anybody really. I guess I do know. Do you have a tattoo? You do, right? No. Oh, you don't? No, I just haven't thought of a good enough one to get. And now, oh, all right. And now with four kids, I got a budget, so the tattoo's not in the budget. Oh, okay. Yeah, not really. It's not. You're high, one of the not... few people I know that doesn't have one. That's why I'm like, oh. Yeah, I, that's why I question why I'm actually you know talk to you. Okay. Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, I mean for for work, it's like I don't care what color you are, what religion you are. If you're either best for the job or not, and that's, right. that's that really every business doesn't care. Business wants to make money. They don't care. Right. Yeah, so it's that's just silly. So I feel like that's a kind of this like that would have been a good article from like forty years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Let's move on. All right. Tattoo schmatoos, that's what I say. That's Me my too. answer to that. I saw this story. Uh this is a good one and it's interesting. Say goodbye to bad avocados. I get crazy. I spend money on avocados, I try to eat them and then they rot on me like overnight. Boom. It, it drives me nuts and I won't people are like oh you can still eat them I will not even think about it I've tried it tastes like it tastes horrible it tastes like poison you know, when things go yeah. bad they call it say going bad for a reason that means it's bad right Jesus right. Uh, so if you like avocados you've probably been, probably been forced to toss out a few that got ripe too fast yes one company is hoping to end the waste with a new plant based coating that slows decay appeal A-P-E-E-L Backed with funding from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, among others, claims produce sprayed with its creation will last at least twice as long as regular produce. Roughly 1,100 Kroger's are set to start selling these longer-life avocados, while asparagus and limes with similar coating will be available in a Cincinnati pilot program. I gotta say, I haven't seen that. I haven't had as much an issue with limes, though. No, me either, at all. Yeah, limes seem like you know you get limes for a reason, and then you use them. You know, right, avocados exactly. just like are you know inconsistent and you know unpredictable. Yeah, you don't really have limes sitting around long, right? You're, you're no. getting them for something, right? Correct. Margarita, Corona. Exactly. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yep. Yeah. What else do you need lime for? Right. So yeah, I yeah. got you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the only things I use them in drinks. Yeah. But avocados are super healthy. So, you know, I and, love them. Yeah. And they're good. And they're, they're so versatile, too. You can use them a lot of different ways. But I, I know I love them. I do like, you know, like, like the trendy thing. I, you know, it's cheaper to do at home. I was just smash it on a piece of toast, and throw a little sea salt on it. You're good to oh, go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. to go. All right. So yeah, hopefully this thing appeal, A-P-E-E-L, hopefully it works and we can uh, save the avocados. Save the avocados. Save the avocados. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the world closes in on vaping. You know what? 
if you're vaping, you're you're kind of an idiot. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to, you know, it's judging and I feel bad about it, but I don't because there's no shortcut. Either if you don't want to smoke, don't smoke. You're done. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to vape. You know what? Did people not, yeah. Did they think that putting oil vapor into your lungs flavored with chemicals was not going to be dangerous? Where where was that not going to be dangerous? Yeah, well, you know, if people put it out there and they advertise it, they just take it. You know, we're, we're sheep. You know, if you're going right. to vape, vape marijuana. That's actually a lot safer than vaping this stuff, whatever yeah. this garbage is. Um, right. India, this world's second biggest tobacco market, has banned vaping products in the latest swipe globally at marketers, uh, such, at makers such as Juul, J-U-U-L. The prohibition follows the removal of the company's products from major e-commerce sites in the number one tobacco market, China. Meanwhile, in the U.S., where Washington has threatened to ban most vaping products, New York has become the first state to outlaw flavored e-cigarettes and um, Viacom banned vape ads as well, uh, all amid a, a surge in vaping-related illnesses. I mean, there's going to be some lawsuits going on. This is going to be like uh, that uh, Monsanto, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, and I like it when the president or the founder of Jewel was like, "Well, we didn't go after the child market. Bubble gum was something that every adult wanted. Tutti fruity, you know. Come on, are you kidding me? It, well, Stop. It, the tobacco industry did the same thing, and they had, you know, they had all the results of tests, and they they hid it for a long time, and that came out. So, I mean, it's it's kind of common sense. This is, um, yeah, this is gonna have to stop. You know, this is like yeah. uh, hydroxy cut. Now you, you're familiar with that stuff, obviously. And absolutely, it's whatever you find out. It's no, it's it's really, really hazardous to your health, and you get rid of it. I mean, but right. the problem is, it shouldn't have been out in the first place. But you right. know, people people will make money. They don't care if people die. No one cares as long as they're making money. Oh, dude, well, look at the oxycotton thing. Oh, that, it's <laughs> the same. It's the same. They knew too. They knew the dangers and the, and the how addictive it was, and you know, they don't care. Money. Talks. Multi. Billion dollar family, multi billion dollars. I don't know. If and it, it won't be forever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. 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 Yeah, they gave me that for my back surgery. I didn't even take it. I, I, I wasn't in pain either, but I, I was like, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. No, no, I had it for my sinus surgery because they had to break my nose, and uh, they broke my nose and part of my cheekbone to get the the bone out that was growing, and um, they gave it to me. I took a half of one, I think, or a small dose of one. Oh, Seth, I got so violently ill. Like, um, do you ever have, to have all this surgery on your face and then start throwing up? Oh, my God, it's Ouch. horrible. Uh-huh. I never have ever I even considered taking another, ever. Let's, let's move on to some more uh, positive yeah. things. Let's get to our health hacks. Health hacks. Oh, you got to say it like that? Health hacks. Okay, teas have long been used to serve as aids for everything from better energy, like matcha, to digestive assistance, ginger tea. Sleep has certainly been no exception. While you may have heard a cup of lavender or chamomile tea to help promote good sleep, there's another. Um, this is why banana peel tea is linked to better sleep. Wow, I've never even heard of that. Interesting. Right? Uh, I tried it. I can't wait for you to read this. Go ahead. I tried uh, this. I have a banana with me at work today. Essentially, bananas as a whole are linked to promoting good sleep. Bananas are full of various sleep-promoting nutrients, specifically the natural muscle relaxants magnesium and potassium, says registered dietitian Eliza Savage. They also contain an amino acid called tryptophan, oh, turkey, which is a, yeah. also a precursor to this, for the sleep hormone melatonin 
and the mood influencing neurotransmitter serotonin. So incorporating a banana into your dessert or as your bedtime snack could work in your favor when you turn the lights off later. These sleep-promoting benefits may extend to the peel as well. Based on some research reports, banana peels do have high concentrations of potassium and magnesium. But uh, since eating a whole peel sounds unappealing, you can make tea out of the banana peel instead. To my knowledge, it is safe to brew tea using banana peels. However, I would recommend cleaning the banana peels thoroughly and choosing an organic banana. So it's savage to avoid ingesting any potential residual pesticides or herbicides. Hello, uh, Monsanto. Yeah. All right, here's how you do it. <clears throat> Are you ready? Everyone listening? Okay. Get your pen. I'll wait. Do, do, yep. do, do. Get your pens out. Okay. Yep. How to make banana peel tea yourself. To make banana peel tea, start with a ripe organic banana. It doesn't take much of the banana peel to get the positive effects of the tea. Between a quarter and half of the peel is enough. You may also choose to include a bit of the banana flesh for flavor as well. Once you have the portion of banana peel you're using, and banana, if applicable, put it in a small saucepan and submerge them in water. Let the water boil, then reduce the heat, and let the tea brew for about 10 minutes. Then remove the peel, pour the water in a mug, and enjoy. How about that? I'm going to try it. I actually tried this for a reason, because it has a high potassium magnesium concentration in the peel. I have really bad sciatica, but I also have really bad, like I get charlie horses in my legs a lot in my in my calves mm. i don't know if it's from run yeah i don't know if it's from running from from lifting i don't know what it's from but i get them really bad and i drink a ton of water so it's not a dehydration so somebody told me they have such a high concentration of potassium and magnesium try this banana tea uh, peel tea and this was like a couple two years ago maybe so i started making it and actually it works like a dream like I'm not kidding. I don't notice the sleep thing, but I know it does help with Charlie horses and stuff in your legs. Oh, good. That's awesome. Do you know what I use for so, sleep? What? I have four kids. Yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next. Okay. <laughs> Want to improve your memory? Try walking backwards. Okay, that's it. We're done. Right. <laughs> I forgot what you said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a 43-year-old Indonesian man is walking 435 miles from his home in East Java to the capital of Jakarta. Backwards. It's Jakarta. Sorry, excuse me. Covering about 12 to 19 miles a day with a rearview mirror attached to his backpack so he can avoid bumping into things. That's hilarious. He has undertaken his trek to call attention to his country's high degree of deforestation. Chances are he'll remember every step along the way, according to a Harvard University Department of Psychology study published earlier this year. People who walk backwards, imagine walking backwards or watch a video uh, simulating a backwards walk have a sharper recall of recent events than those who walk forward or sit still. Because of uh, numerous studies have shown links between memory and motion, researchers decided to test the relative effects of forward and backward movement on recall ability. They asked 114 people to take part in a variety of memory experiments, showing each one a word, list, group of images, or a video of a staged purse snatching. Next, they asked participants to walk forward, walk backward, sit still, imagine walking backward or forward, and watch a video or watch a video that simulated backward or forward movement. Then quiz them on the details of the information they've been shown earlier. Without exception, those who walked backwards and imagined doing so or viewed the backwards moving video had a better recall than those who sat still. Uh, and in five out of six cases, they also remembered more than the forwards group. The boost in memory lasted an average of 10 minutes in all cases. Harvard professor of psychology, Dr. Daniel Schachter, admits that the mechanism by which his 
by which this occurs is something of a mystery. Perhaps he suggests people somehow associate walking backward with the past, and that triggers memories. Uh, I don't know about that. This doesn't mean that poor memory might also be a, so to speak, reversible condition. <laughs> he has like, I'm going to walk backwards and remember everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to walk back yeah. to my past. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Okay. This doesn't mean that poor memory be, so to speak, a reversible condition. Uh, there are numerous things such as stress that can lead to memory loss. These are the factors that are known to contribute to memory loss. Um, wow. So that's interesting, I guess. But it's Right? It's kind of crazy, right? His suggestion, though, of, you know, walking backward triggers memories. I, I don't know about that. I think it's something I would I would guess it's something about the concentration that you need. Uh, you know, in walking backwards and paying more attention because it's something different. I don't know. But I agree. That's interesting. I agree. I think it's the concentration you need to look out for things, to to look for obstacles in your way, to make sure you're going in the direction, you know, the straight direction backwards. But no, I don't think it's because you think you're walking back into the past. No. <laughs> I want you, more importantly, I want you to get a video of this guy walking backwards to Jakarta and I want you to post it. Yeah, I'm going to look for that. All right, actually. thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Elizabeth Pearson, for being our guest. We had a great, great time talking to you. You're very interesting. You're a great person. I can't wait to hear what everybody thinks. There's a lot of good hacks in there, and we enjoyed having you on the show. And today's mother says is, dogs prepare you for babies. Cats prepare you for teenagers. True that. True that. Okay. Just had to put that out there because I really thought that was great. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Have a great fall. Have a great day and stay warm. And if it, when it is supposed to get to like an Indian summer for a couple days, enjoy it because I have a feeling that's the last of it. Oh, real quick, Seth. Wow. Uh, I have a, I have a, uh, something that's like first time ever in history that they can record. There are six tropical storms in the ocean at one time right now. Oh, so this is our last show? The world is ending? Uh, I, well, uh, no. Oh. But they, they were like, I heard that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Because you know how I am about that kind of crazy stuff. Six tropical storms are swirling around in the ocean right now. And the first time ever recorded six at one time. It's the end of the world as we know it. As we know it. All right, everybody, have a great day. And next week we have another tough mother show that's awesome. And we will see you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.